Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report. We bring you the latest on all things horror related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com backslash Cinepunks, which is spelled C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please go check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. You can find them at EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, and they offer specialty-grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you go to that website and you use that code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off. Another sponsor you can check out is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but also probably the world. They are personable, professional, and the only place where you can get a punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. To find them, you go to xlvacx.com. So, for the setup on this episode, because we are covering Scream 6, and it is a New York City New Rules episode, um, my question uh, for getting to know you this episode is, have you ever been to New York? And if so, what was the scariest part about it? I love this question specifically because it doesn't, it doesn't suppose that I wasn't terrified. It already knows something was scary. So, yes, I have been to New York twice. And to me, the scariest part is the subway. I am at the risk of spilling all my secrets to my enemies. Incredibly claustrophobic. And that is elevated in crowds. And if the subway is full and then, you know, you get down in the tunnel and sometimes it just stops or goes dark. No, thank you. Hard pass. Too scary. Scariest part. Other than that, my experiences were good. I'm not particularly afraid of rats, so I was kind of delighted by them. <laughs> and the people, all nice. The things they tell you about New Yorkers, I, I did not encounter. I have only encountered nice New Yorkers the times that I've been there. How about you? Um, I will also say Subway to an extent. Um. I've been to New York three times and the last time I went was like almost a solid decade ago. So it was like all long before um, I had like a solid, reliable smartphone, um, mm -hmm. meaning that I was doing a lot of things where I would like get, you know, like a Wi-Fi signal and just like figure out where I was going. I did most of my navigation, literally like writing stuff down on in a notebook, like on a notepad. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the subway is a whole other beast. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I definitely um, I had an experience in the subway where um, I, you know, it's rush hour. You get crammed in. Somebody mm -hmm. like shoves me like cramming themselves in the last person. And I bump into a woman and she has like a gigantic like jagged scar from like corner of her eye all the way down her cheek. And just no. has a like glares at me and she's like, what the fuck is your problem? And I was like, yo, I'm from Kansas. yo, it's them behind me. Like, I had nothing to do with this. My apologies. <laughs> and she's like, you're fucking right. And I was like, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> did not make eye contact for uh, till I got off. 
nope. with anybody. Just like looked at my feet. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I went to New York, I was 20. So that was 1999, I think. And uh, so, yeah, no, no phone. Probably. I probably didn't even have a cell phone that I was using. And uh, we were relying on a map that we probably purchased at the airport or something or at one of those stands. And at one point it was just my two best friends and I. So just three Kansas girls trying to make our way through the subway to get some Broadway tickets. And this this grizzled old New Yorker sees us with our terrible map. And he pulls this map out of his bag that has definitely been in there his entire life and is like, here, take this map. This will be better. We're like, we can't take your map, sir. This is like your lifelong map. We can't take it. But thank you for pointing us the way to get to wherever we were trying to go. (laughs) I do want to go back to New York. It is so much fun. It is fun. But very cramped. And like, I feel like I'm just like, everybody is right on top of me the entire time. Yeah, it is very overwhelming, especially for, you know, two people who've come from wide open spaces, <laughs> smaller very towns. Much, very much. So. I, I still love it, though. I love the ability to just like wander around and just like get lost, like mm-hmm. in the city, not actually like lost in the city. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Kevin McAllister style. No, no, no. <laughs> for new nightmares yes this is our roundup of trailers new to streaming coming to theaters news all kinds of stuff we got it for you and first up news smile 2 is on its way parker finn inked a first look with um paramount um so they're going to make it um it is one of the priorities of said first look deal um I still haven't seen Smile. Me neither. I was going to feel really bad. So I don't feel as bad that, that we're both in that boat. I think it's streaming somewhere now. It's on my list Probably. of things to watch, but I haven't done Paramount it yet. Plus. Oh, yeah. See, and that's why, because I don't have Paramount Plus. <laughs> But I think I could probably rent it for $3 and I should probably do that. I think I I, I know a lot of people were very excited about Smile. It was a very simple but mm-hmm. like, awesome concept. And so um, with uh, as we talked about some great viral marketing yeah. about last year. Um, yeah. And it was at the top of a lot of people's lists from last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next bit of news. New show. It's actually, I think it started streaming Friday on... Amazon or on Prime Video. This is a Donald Glover produced situation called Swarm from Donald Glover and Janine Nabbers. Nabbers? Not sure how I think we neighbors. pronounce it. Okay. It's one of those. It's not spelled like your next door neighbor. That's why. <laughs> okay. So this is um, it's a show. Hold on. I'm sorry, guys. Always I'm looking for the um, synopsis and never finding it. So I'm just going to say what I know about it, which is that it's it follows this uh, woman named Dre who has an obsession with a pop star who's kind of uh, Beyonce like. And of course, 
the obsession goes too far. She's following her around. It looks like uh, maybe murder, either intentional or accidental, happens. Um, I don't know how many episodes. I think seven. I believe so. And uh, yeah, everybody who uh, did not have a busy weekend dealing with Kansas basketball or uh, St. Patrick's Day like I did um, tended to said that they just binged the whole damn thing and that Dominic Fishback um, as Dre is just fantastic. So, yeah, I didn't realize that. I thought I thought we had a little more time before it kicked off. So I didn't realize that it had already started. I actually when I was in south by southwest last weekend went to the swarm activation so they had taken a motel in i guess downtown austin i don't know my geography great but they had set up the lobby of the hotel to look like um a convenience store like a gas station where dre stops on her journey and where there has been a murder so her car was outside the actual car from the show was outside and it had blood all over the seats and all that kind of thing and then inside the convenience store, they gave you some fake money to purchase some things. I got some Starburst and and then a lottery ticket where you could win a hat or a shirt. And then there was blood everywhere, which I brushed up against accidentally and didn't realize till I got to the next location and they were wristbanding me and thought that it was real blood. And I was like, oh, no, so that's, <laughs> it's fake. It's not mine. I'm sorry. That's gross. <laughs> well, that's but it a- was cool. It was a really cool you know you felt like you were walking into the show for a second that's awesome yeah yeah i'm looking forward to watching that um yeah high on the list um so um i'm kind of excited about this um uh deadline is reporting that french filmmaker christophe gan uh is returning to helm the reboot retitled return to silent hill um he um directed the original uh film way back in 2006 um and then there's another movie that came out in 2012 called silent hill revelation which i did not see i have never played the games i've just seen lots Mm -hmm. of images i did actually see silent hill in the theater if i'm not mistaken um i mean i i understand for folks who are just like oh yeah if you like the way the game looks it works but like if you like the way the game plays it doesn't work and i'm like i don't care um, yeah if you know nothing about the game it looks uh, fine it looks amazing it, it is an amazing looking film uh and also like very french like you can definitely tell this is like a french adaptation of something but i'm, I'm kind of excited to see have him back after you know jesus 17 years yeah that'll be cool i actually haven't seen silent hill but it's one of those things that even though I haven't seen it, I've seen enough images that like I can walk outside on a foggy morning and be like, oh, it's like Silent Hill out here. Yep. So I at least have the reference point for how it looks <laughs> and how it feels. All right. Next bit of news. This is just a, a heartwarming, warming our cold, dead, horror loving hearts. Um, for those of you who watch the Academy Awards, you probably saw this. For those of us who just catch up on clips afterwards, this was delightful to see. Jamie Lee Curtis won a Best Supporting Actor Award for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And in her speech, she thanked all the normal people that you thank. And then she made sure to call out all of us who have supported her in all of her genre films over the years. Which is really cool because as we all know, horror does not really get its due at the award shows. And, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis has done a lot of stuff that's not horror. 
So the fact that she hasn't turned her back on it is not embarrassed of where she started and where she has popped in and out throughout the years is just really cool. I think it made all of us horror fans just feel really warm and fuzzy. It was so great. Like it legitimately like like hearing her say it, I was just like, I feel seen. Mm-hmm. It, it felt was... like a hug from Jamie Lee. It was. It's like I I so many like folks star in genre pictures like as their career is starting or you know at various points and they tend to like shove it off to the side but it's really awesome that she's just like no like this you know made my career yeah it matters it's legitimate and i'm proud of it and you know halloween is my favorite movie laurie strode is my favorite final girl so just that much sweeter in sadder news uh i was not aware that director bert i gordon was still alive but um he died in early march at the age of 100 years old that is a good run yeah um so bert i gordon uh whose initials you might notice spell the word big um was very uh well known uh or infamous maybe um <laughs> for for directing like a lot of uh films that you probably are familiar with even if you haven't seen like village of the giants starring uh one baby ron howard um empire of the ants um what just a fantastic movie uh unsurprisingly many of them have been adapted for mst3k episode <laughs> um which is probably how you've seen village of the giants um but it's it's kind of a shame uh, uh but yeah mm -hmm. <clears throat> 100 years old born uh 1922 in kenosha um that's wild I uh, I see on his list is The Food of the Gods, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, our friends over at Nightmare Junkhead recently screened, oh. and I missed it. Unless I'm confusing it with something else, I think they recently screened that one, and, and it was met with much excitement. Well, that's wonderful. Speaking yeah. of that, should we use that as an reason to talk about like we were on that show <laughs> oh yeah we were on that show if you haven't heard our episode yet uh it it dropped on march 17th and we took part of their march madness bracket um related to the films of 1993 um you may or may not be surprised by what we chose to go on to the final four yeah <laughs> as the representative movie of 1993 um for in the mouth of march madness but uh yeah go check them out on the the twitter at nightmare junk and you can uh find where to listen yes and it's a great month to join up with them because they give it's a lot more content this month because of the their their march mouth of march madness bracket and so you can, if you don't, if you aren't familiar with them, you start now, you're going to really dive in the deep end and get to know them real fast. Very much so. Speaking of getting to know them, the way I found them was wanting to hear someone talk about horror festivals. And now we're going to do that by talking about the upcoming festivals in our festival roundup. There are so many festivals coming in the next month. Uh, there are. 
our our first one because it is literally the first one uh taking place uh in new orleans louisiana uh is the overlook film festival uh takes place march 30th through april 2nd um they are going to present 29 feature films 24 short films from 12 countries um all kinds of things including like live editions of the king cast a screening of the tingler with like actual like percepto uh which means you're gonna get shocked um <laughs> there's so much like awesome stuff going on i really like david uh dasmalchian is going to be there to introduce the tingler um i re i think i am doing some coverage of this you know uh remotely but man i want to go in person it would be a fun one nothing more fun than doing creepy stuff in new orleans um but we do get to do creepy stuff here because well nearby for nick here for (laughs) me um april 13th through the 23rd we have panic fest at the screenland armor theater in kansas city missouri Uh, We've obviously talked about this festival a lot because it is our local festival. And this year is going to be very exciting. I want to say they have upwards of 40 um, feature length films. I didn't do the count, but it's it's a high number. Um, Renfield is going to be the opening night picture. There's also Finnish action epic Sisu and A24's Medusa Deluxe. Uh, Joe Lynch is going to be there. He's there kind of, he's like the mascot now. He's there most years. Um, but uh, a new one for us, very exciting. Barbara Crampton is going to be there. And I am so prepared to embarrass myself in front of the goddess, the queen, Barbara Crampton. I want to go because I want to hang out with Barbara Crampton and Ted Gagan. Yes. Who is bringing Brooklyn 45, his, his new film, which I did not get to see at South by, but I have heard good things. And a screening of We Are Still Here with yeah. her and him. Yes. Um, also, I was very, I hadn't noticed this like the billion times I've read the press release, but there is a new feature film called Bury the Bl- Bride that is coming. Yeah. It's the world premiere, and it is from Spider One. Yeah. Uh, AKA Rob Zombie's little brother. AKA from- the front man of Power Man 5000. Um, he and his partner Chrissy Fox were there last year with their film Allegoria, which was actually really good. You, know, you never know how a first feature is going to be, and given that I'm not a big Rob Zombie fan, I didn't know how how it might run in the family. But I really liked Allegoria, and Spider and Chrissy were both very nice and very excited to be at the festival. And I think I think that's why they're premiering because they they just had such a good time at the festival. I'm very excited, and. Our uh, final one for the month of April uh, is Salem Horror Fest, which runs uh, April 20th through April 30th. Um, it's going to have keynote speaker Kirla Janice. Uh, they're showing uh, Satan Wants You, uh, that uh, documentary about the Satanic Panic, specifically uh, delving into the book Michelle Remembers. Um, uh, also the, uh, what is the quote from the festival director? Kay Lynch is, 
Uh, the world is becoming an increasingly scary place, but Salem remains queer as fuck with zero tolerance for fascist bullshit. So yes, um, if you can go, uh, definitely, definitely um, <laughs> give them your money. I can't wait till we are famous podcasters and can just be free to go to the like our month of April is just spent at festivals. Oh, it'd be so much fun. We speak it into existence. Yeah, they're all the. All right. the they have like a ton of rep screenings too. Uh, if you want to see Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched uh, with Carolyn Janice, um, that'd be pretty dope, actually. That would be amazing. Yeah. All right. That's our festival roundup portion. Now let's dive into some trailers. And we're going to start with Mrs. Davis. Uh, it stars Betty Gilpin and it's going to be on Peacock. Let me double check the date on April 20th. It is a series, so the first four episodes will drop on that date, and then I assume the rest will come out weekly, perhaps after that. I don't think it really has said. Um, so what Mrs. Davis is, is uh, Mrs. Davis follows a nun named Simone on an epic quest to destroy the world's most powerful artificial intelligence known as Mrs. Davis. Um. I'm not entirely sure what's going on in this, and maybe that's the point. It looks pretty cool, though. And it yeah. has, you know, it's got Betty Gilpin, it's got David Arquette. It, it looks interesting. Um, there were a lot of they were kind of you know promoting this at South by Two, so there were people in nun costumes all over the place <laughs> trying to promote this. And I was like, what is happening? What is even this show? Yeah, I watched cool. that trailer. I've watched that trailer a couple times, and I'm like, I don't know what it's about, but it looks so weird. I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's like. Is she even really a nun? I don't think so. I'm not totally sure. Could be. Who knows? Only one way to find out, and that's to watch it when it comes on to Peacock. <laughs> exactly. Um, something we do know what it's about, but we don't know when we're getting it, um, mm. is The Wrath of Becky, um, which is a sequel to the 2020 uh, movie Becky, uh, starring Lulu Wilson as a... Uh, teenage young teenage girl who uh fights a bunch of nazis for uh, i believe and not necessarily i think they were nazis yeah becky's fought nazis last time and this time men's rights activists i know uh <laughs> The, the summation, uh, two years after she escaped a violent attack on her family, Becky attempts to rebuild her life in the care of an older woman, a kindred spirit named Elena. But when a group known as the Noble Men break into their home, attack them and take her beloved dog, Diego, Becky must return to her old ways to protect herself and her loved ones. Um, no idea when we're actually getting it. Um, we've both seen it. Mm -hmm. It's fun as shit. Yeah, it's a good time. You can... Check out my review of it on downrightcreepy.com if you want to. Uh, I was really impressed with Sean William Scott, who plays like the head men's right, the head noble man, so to speak, sort of. He's just really out of character for what he chooses to do, and he really nailed it. Yeah, it's it's very much like I think he saw what Kevin James got to do in the original one. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, let me be the funny dude who plays the dark guy. Yeah uh yeah it's it it is different than becky which i really appreciated like it's it's got it's something new and i'll just say that they definitely there there's the possibility for more yeah they've definitely left the door standing wide open so i'm interested to see what happens i thought it was a good time 
It's a great time. All right. And we spoke of this just a minute ago as well. The documentary Satan Wants You. We have a trailer for it. I mean, a trailer for a documentary. I don't always think those are totally necessary. If you know you want to hear about the satanic panic, you know you want to hear this trailer or you want to see this trailer. I got to see this at South by. It's a really good documentary. Um, I would recommend if you can't wait until it comes out to see it because there is no release info just yet. Um, go check out the podcast You're Wrong About. They did a series on the book Michelle Remembers. And actually the podcaster who heads up that podcast, Sarah Marshall, is in this documentary talking about the book as well, which I was pleased to see because as soon I didn't really... I knew it was about the satanic panic. I didn't know it was going to be so specifically about that book. So as soon as I realized it, I was like, Sarah Marshall already did all this. And then there she was on my screen. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> we got it. We're covered. So, but it was, it is a really good documentary and, and really timely because it's coming back around this moral panic bullshit, frankly. <laughs> yeah. I'm very much like, I mean, like I will read or watch anything having to do with satanic panic. So like I was, and as soon as that was what, <laughs> oh, oh, that's what it's about. I'm in. Yeah. And they, I mean, they really could have made this a series and even done more because there's just so much wild shit that happened at that time. Oh, so much. Um, Speaking of so much, uh, but something with which I'm not fami- really familiar with, um, coming from Shudder um, is Slasher ripper which is the fifth season of the uh horror anthology uh series slasher um this takes the franchise back in time to the late 19th century and stars eric mccormick as will and grace as basil garvey a charismatic tycoon whose success is only rivaled by his ruthlessness as he sees oversees a city on the cusp of a new century and a social upheaval that will see its streets run red with blood um yeah um yeah the show started back in 2016 i keep hearing that i need to watch it it's canadian it's a slasher it's like there's a different killer every season i'm like i really want to watch it and it's on i think i want to say most of them are on netflix yeah i think i watched the first season and then i fell off for some reason i'm terrible at shows i think we've addressed that (laughs) but this looks pretty cool and you know i I don't think that we get, well, we get a lot of Jack the Ripper content. I know this is someone like Jack the Ripper, but it's always kind of a cool theme to have in these kinds of things. So it could be cool. Also, I want to see Aaron McCormick in a horror thing. Like that's yeah. awesome. like yeah. that's that's a selling point in and of itself. But yeah, coming to Shudder. Uh, the first two episodes will be available on April 6th. Ooh, cool. All right. Up next, The Tank. This is a monster movie um, with creatures designed by Weta Workshop, and it will be available digitally April 21st. It's set in the 1970s. The Tank is a story about a young family who awakens a horde of creatures. Academy Award-winning special effects supervisor and creative director Richard Taylor and his team at Peter Jackson's VFX studio Weta Workshop created the creature effects. After mysteriously inheriting an abandoned coastal property, big red flag, Ben and his family (laughs) accidentally unleash an ancient long dormant creature that terrorized the entire region, including his own ancestors for generations. I mean, this is clearly a showcase for the creatures and you don't get a lot. The trailer is really dark. It's hard to see the creatures, but I bet they're going to look 
awesome. Yeah, it looks underground, underwater things coming up kind of yeah. horror. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I think I read this wrong. It's in theaters April 21st, digitally April 25th. So I would say if you can see it in theaters and you like creature shit, go see it in theaters because you're going to see those creatures way better on a big screen. That is 100. I'm like always down to see monster movies in the theater. Yeah. On the big screen. I was afraid it was going to be about people getting stuck in a tank. So I'm relieved that's not the premise. <laughs> uh, for our last bit of news, um, Legendary Pictures is going to do a remake of Faces of Death starring Barbie Fiera uh, from Euphoria. <laughs> and I, it's a reimagining of the 1978 movie but i i'm frankly shocked because i thought faces of death was real (laughs) this is the first i'm hearing of it not being (laughs) as a kid i 100 thought faces of death was real i think everybody did like i I, like for for those of you um too young to remember vhs like this was the thing that you you would rent when your parents had no chance of being around uh, and then would show it to like freak out your friends. And then as you get older, start wondering about things like, why are there like four camera angles for this like (laughs) video that was supposedly shot in secret? (laughs) Yeah, this was uh, my best friend's older troublemaking brother brought this home and, and was watching it. And we came in and he was like, you guys can't watch this. This is real. And of course, then we wanted to watch it. And thought it was real. <laughs> um. So, um, the uh, Issa uh, Mazai and Daniel Goldhaber, uh, the folks behind Cam, um, a very excellent movie. If you have not seen mm-hmm. it, um, they say, uh, like here, here's here's their pitch. Faces of Death was one of the first viral videotapes, and we are so lucky to be able to use it as a jumping off point for this exploration of cycles of violence and the way they perpetuate themselves online. I, I'm intrigued. Yes, I'm curious if it will have the same effect in a day and age when we don't have that belief that it's real. Yeah, like, and it's obviously like it's like a movie about a viral thing. Who knows? I'll go, mm-hmm. you know, like it maybe it'll give everyone in it a reason to rewatch Faces of Death and just like we can hear about kids doing the Faces of Death challenge on TikTok. Yeah, I, I truly have not watched Faces of Death since I first watched it and thought it was real because I've been afraid. So I should I should give it another try. You got a problem here, guy? secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. We share a certain history. 
this isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello. Let's play a game. You know you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> I'm something different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. You want me. So let's finish this. Guys? And now it's time for our feature presentation. For this episode, we are talking about Scream 6, directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpin. What's it about? Four survivors of the ghost space murders leave Woodsboro behind for a fresh start in New York City. However, they soon find themselves in a fight for their lives when a new killer embarks on a bloody rampage. Evidently, we are not the only people who went and saw this movie because it is currently the number one movie in the country at the time of recording. Awesome. Uh, which means it unseated Creed 3 and beats the new Shazam movie. I mean, go Ghostface. Yeah. I am. I think it also means it beat the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which is like, it's evidently like doing gangbusters business. And uh, I think for good reason. Yeah. And I got to say, before we start talking about it, that when this airs, when this episode drops, as they say, this will have been out for two weeks. And obviously, a lot of people have seen it. I don't think we can talk about this without spoiling it to some extent, because I feel like from the get already, I just don't, I just, I just want you guys to watch it before you listen in case we say yeah. anything spoilery, because I think it's just going to, things that might not spoil the whole plot might spoil something that's exciting for you. If you didn't know it, you know, I went in with no spoilers and I, I want that for everyone if possible. It's I, I I don't think I think everybody was excited when we got the fifth Scream movie last year. Mm -hmm. Like, I think everybody was really excited. But I think after so much time, I don't think like I think everybody was like, oh, well, let's see how it goes. Yeah. And then it blew everyone's mind. Yeah. And I just remember when we were first seeing like the, you know, things, who's in it, who's cast, things like that. We saw, I remember us seeing that Samara Weaving was cast and being like, what's, what's she going to be doing in it? Not knowing. Well, she's the very first person we see, really. The first person we spend time with. And I honestly think this is the first time I've heard Samara Weaving's actual speaking voice. Oh, yeah, true. Because she's usually playing an American character and you forget that she is Australian, I believe. She is Hugo Weaving's daughter. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was cool. But, you know, 
you know what happens to the first person we spend time with in a scream movie right we know yeah it, but i think because of the way like i think that's the only thing you can i think reasonably expect from a scream movie is that the first person you get introduced to is going to get killed yeah brutal. exactly um but i mean like after that it just starts to swerve like there are, there are things that you do not expect like mm-hmm. um right from the get go um i think it's like the like it's like oh is this going to be the one where we know who does it from the kickoff yeah. uh you don't no no they're not <laughs> gonna, they're not going to give it to you that easily man i will say i I figured out who I thought did it and was right more accurate, closer to accurately than I have with any other. Probably I'm not always super great at figuring out the who done it. Um, but this one right away, I was like, oh, I think it's I think it's this. And I was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was also close. I was just like, eh, I don't know about this. Um but I mean, I feel like part of the fun is watching these of watching these movies is being able to go through and like with each kill or whatever, you're just like, oh, maybe it's this. Maybe it's yeah. this. And eliminating people based on who was where, knowing that, you know, Ghostface is often more than one person, although sometimes not. Sometimes they are. Yeah. But trying to trying to work out the logistics in your head. And then once you know, going back and working out the logistics backwards, like how, okay, okay, then it was so, okay, then that worked like this. Yeah, yeah, that's the best part. And putting it in a new setting, I think, was exactly what it needed. Like, I think we were tired of Woodsboro. We've done all we can there. Putting it someplace new with people who don't, like the whole town, like all of New York City doesn't know about Ghostface. All of Woodsboro knows, so there's no moment of uh this can't be what's really happening you know like everyone just knows but in new york city it's like they don't know they don't know what they're dealing with uh yeah i the i know that um there's an inter- there's a uh the the folks who who made the movie um uh talk about it in uh there's like sort of a very spoiler laden piece that was in entertainment weekly this weekend all, all about it and they talked about like part of the part of the reason they wanted to go to New York uh, was like they didn't want to end up like in college like the second one. I mean, they they did like that's sort of like the whole joke. Evidently, both of the fraternities and sororities are the fraternity and sorority from Scream 2. Uh, oh, fun. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like part of it is like the ability to go up like that scene with the ladder that you have seen in the trailer um which is mm-hmm. uh far more intense than you think it's going to be um I'm, yeah I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything about it but like it's gonna i using here's my thing i i think it's awesome when they <laughs> use new york it's great but it doesn't feel new york a lot like i mean it feels kind yeah. of like generic big city like it feels like new york in the subway it feels like new york like that scene in the bodega like like those two scenes feel very new york but the rest of it just kind of feels like it's like i know they're trying to have like a fake nyu and everything like that but like Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't like i've 
been to New York and hung out specifically around NYU and I know what it's like. So like that illusion kind of is ruined as soon as they depict like how it works. Also, everybody's apartments were way too big oh, and God nice damn, for right? New York. Like you yeah. have how many bedrooms? Excuse me? You have a hallway? Like, yeah. Everybody has like a room room and nobody's like living in what is essentially a closet with like a loft. Yeah. The um, kitchen isn't just part of the living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't quite friends level. These apartments can't be real, but it was definitely like college kids aren't affording these apartments. Come on. No. Um, but what is really great about it is by like going to New York, like you definitely like you increase like the space in which they can operate. Like it feels like, yeah, you can go further to get away, but there's a lot more things that can be hidden because there are just so many people again, that scene mm -hmm. on the subway or just like the scenes of them wandering around because it starts on Halloween. And, like you just, it's a Halloween weekend and you see all of these people in ghost faced masks and yes. it's just like, it's so effective. Yeah, yeah. And even before they know that there is a ghost face in play, a murderous ghost face, like there's still people dressed up. It's still alarming even before they realize that murders are actively happening. And this is a movie like I, I think this is the most people we've seen move like on in a series in the scream series since like the the first one really mm -hmm. uh be because um sam and tara both make it as well as chad and mindy uh yep, you got your core four core four um <laughs> we're not really spoiling anything but like that one i really i like it's dumb but i love it yeah <laughs> um i I feel really bad saying this and I feel like uh -oh. it keeps coming up. I feel like I know Sam, like as played by Melissa Barrera, um, is supposed to be like not quite the new Sydney, but kind of. But man, when you put her next to like Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy or Jenna Ortega as Tara, like she doesn't shine as yeah brightly as she like she doesn't have the same sort of like scrappiness that that you know sydney prescott had as a character and um yeah that's the conversation that has come up several times talking with people about this movie is that it's just like yeah i know she's the lead but she's really not yeah it really feels like jenna ortega is the lead she just steals every scene she's in and i you know we're a little saturated with her. She's had a big year, but I think, I think even without that, I think she's had a big year because of how captivating she is. Yeah. And like, Ben, like you're also, there's so many, the, we got like kind of like another, like new horror, um, actress in, uh, Liana Liber Liberato, um, plays, uh, sam and tara's roommate quinn and uh i think a lot of folks like got to know her when she was in the beach house a couple of years ago that's what it was i was like where do i recognize her from uh yeah i was like is that the from beach house and i had to like look it up when i got out of the movie but um like i mean she's really fun in her role um mm -hmm. uh yeah like it's 
I mean, you get like Dermot Mulroney, um, like as her dad and a cop. He's uh, just fully embracing horror now. I feel like, yeah, I feel like every week we're bringing up Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> I want to like if anybody knows how to get to talk with Dermot or Mulroney, I want to find out like why he's decided to make this swerve this late in his career. Yeah. And then, of course, we have uh, returning Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers. Um, and also the thing that like legitimately got like a mild cheer at my screening was when a uh, hidden Panettiere like turns around in the swivel chair and you see that it's Kirby. Like there are just like a bunch of people like a hey, Kirby <laughs> fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a fun time at the movies, honestly. And I think like her being in this movie is like the the maybe the perfect way to talk about like how much this movie is not just about a slasher, but it is about like okay. the scream movies themselves vis-a-vis like uh like the stab franchise. Yeah. Yeah, and and it is, you know, I think we're seeing this maybe more frequently, the uh tribe of survivors from when once you start having these sequels and reboots and and then you know they're building these survivors and then they start putting them together and having them hang out which is not something we used to get back in the 80s and 90s when people survived and so you know now you're having this final girl final girl support group situation (laughs) which is really neat i'm not gonna lie speaking of final girl support group um that like museum oh ghost faces um like definitely gave me vibes of um there's definitely a scene in Grady Hendrix's final girl support group where there are like things taken from like the situation like these slashers that inspired these movies and everything and I'm just like ooh maybe someone owes Grady a few dollars yeah exactly (laughs) but I mean it's so cool like it is like legitimately like the number of easter eggs that are dumped in this movie i mean like this is if you enjoy the scream franchise like you're gonna see like so many things where you're like oh yeah yeah a lot of details tucked in all the little corners uh and also the first movie to actually (laughs) mention uh roman bridger from scream 3 like oh (laughs) He's never been like brought up before, like in, in any of the other movies. But uh, also, uh, as pointed out in that film, the only solo ghost face. Yeah, guess uh, he had he had skills being in multiple places at once. <laughs> yeah, I uh, think th- this is definitely a a movie that, like, if you haven't seen the other ones, you're going to be real lost. But I think you're gonna like it's it is they did not lie to us this is the one of the most brutal screams yeah yeah the kills are really intense yeah more than just a stab and run away oh yeah yeah (laughs) like there are like the scene in the bodega is just like it is it is brutal like it is like I mean, I mean, you put a movie in New York and you have a killer walking around with a shotgun. The word grindhouse comes up, but mm-hmm. man, like it has it has like this just like that's about the nastiest. Like like there's some like just the, the kills in this movie just feel mean. Yeah, they're very drippy. Very, very drippy. 
There's uh, there's definitely a moment that stuck with me where someone gets hit in the face real hard and spits out some teeth. Oh yeah, oh god. Always a good move. <laughs> Always sticks with you. <laughs> it's it's a it's a movie that like it and it just goes. Like I I would say like if a like there's not a lot of downtime in in this movie. I mean there never really yeah. is, but like it goes. Yeah, they jump right in. There's no building. It's you're you're in. You're going 100 miles an hour from the minute you sit down. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's legitimately I was expecting I mean I go into all of these movies, you know, expecting to be reasonably entertained, but I was like like I enjoyed Scream, but like I really enjoyed Scream 6. Yeah. And Agreed. Uh, they're talking about possibility of a seventh and I mean Of course they are. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Bring, Bring it. it on. Let's I'll have it. So um, that is in theaters now. And we have some other movies we think you should watch if you happened to like Scream 6. Um, what you got? Well, I put Scream 4 on here because if you haven't seen Scream 4, you're going to be really confused about Kirby. And I feel like that's the one that maybe if you missed one, it's that one for some reason. So I put it on there. And then I also put the 1980 version of Maniac for if you want a movie that really is dirty, disgusting New York and brutal murder. If Scream doesn't go hard enough for you, (laughs) you want to see Tom Savini blow his own head off. Maniac. I almost picked Driller Killer for the same reason. Um, but I uh, opted instead to go with a another uh, requel, um, that being 2014's Town That Dreaded Sundown, which acknowledges the fact that there is also there that there is a movie called The Town That Dreaded Sundown um, and the events in it are true, um, which is very interesting. And then, of course, uh, The Cabin in the Woods, um, a, a movie that is definitely commenting on horror movies, much in the same way that the Scream, uh, like Scream 6, like. If if you like your people talking about horror movies while they're in a horror movie, oh, Scream Six is gonna scratch that itch really well for you. Yeah, good picks. Yeah. So if you've seen Scream Six, tell us what you thought about it. We'd love to hear. Um, if you liked it, if you hated it, I haven't heard anyone say anything bad yet, which is weird. I'm sure people are saying it, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't even seen like a like a screenshot or quote tweet of somebody just being like who the fuck thinks this about this like yeah no, nobody's like i don't think there are any like hot takes like well you know scream six isn't that good actually um but it's only been out this weekend so we'll find that's true out. i'm uh, sure the hot takes are coming actually it's been out for a week like by all rights like somebody should have talked shit on it by now so we'll see maybe maybe everybody's just being kinder on the internet this week that seems <laughs> unlikely that's impossible
the meantime, we've got stickers. Email us at carnagereportpod at gmail.com. If you'd like one, we'll give you an address where you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope, and uh, then we'll send you a sticker. Yeah. You got anything coming up? Any horror-related business? Um, I actually do. I currently have winging its way to my house after I ordered. Speaking of Halloween, uh, on October 31st, I ordered from uh, Mondo Macabro a box set entitled Bollywood Horror. It is six Blu-rays of Bollywood horror movies uh, heretofore un, uh, easily available or, you know, in the United States or on disc really at all ever. Um, And so that shipped finally. <laughs> five months later um i will be getting it almost six months uh to the day after i ordered it uh and then we'll be burning through that and to the exclusion of pretty much anything else although uh in the meantime to tide myself over when i went to the library on my way home from work today i picked up the uh house of psychotic women box set at the library um nice and i'm very excited to watch the elizabeth taylor movie in it because i hear it is bonkers Cool. I can't wait to hear about that. I don't really have anything. I'm probably going to watch Swarm now that I've been reminded that it's actually out. So excited about that. I still have to catch up on The Last of Us. Like I've said, I'm bad at shows. Still behind (laughs) on those things. Other than that, I don't think I have anything on the horizon. But you know I'll fill my time with horror. There's much i think I, I feel like a little bit of downtime before festival season gets yeah kicking is probably for the best for sure all right thanks for listening to the carnage report you can find us on twitter and instagram at report carnage and we can be reached via email at carnage report pod at gmail.com if you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts all music featured in this episode is by Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at Nodder.bandcamp.com. And Nick, where can they find you online? I am just spacing out all over the place today. My <laughs> apologies. You can find me on Twitter at NuthousePunks, on Instagram at Mouse. You can find my writing at Starburst Magazine and the pitch. Starburst Magazine just relaunched their website. Um, so go to StarburstMagazine.com and check out all the fun shit i've been putting up there uh julie where can they find you i am dark humor girl wherever you're looking for me and you can find my writing at modernhorrors.com and downrightcreepy.com you will be able to find a couple of reviews from south by southwest on downright creepy and when panic fest starts kicking up that is where my coverage will be as well very much looking forward to reading all of that i'm excited about writing it so thanks for listening and we'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news and horror when we talk about the documentary living with chucky directed by kira elise gardner um out on all major vod platforms in screenbox on april 4th in the u.s and canada what's it all about Living with Chucky takes an in-depth look at the groundbreaking Child's Play franchise from the perspective of a filmmaker who grew up within it, featuring interviews with cast and crew such as Brad Dourif, Jennifer Tilly, Alex Vincent, creator Don Mancini, and many more. This personal film recounts the dedication, creativity, and sacrifice that went into making this the franchise and its long-lasting impact on the horror community. Just in time for Chucky Season 2. I love Child's Play so much. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to watch this. And more importantly, I cannot wait to see like what you as like 
a fan, a legitimate fan of the franchise has to say about all of this. I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it, but let's let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> that will be next time on the Carnage Report. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.